In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie. To support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or on your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Welcome to the Rainbow Skyline Podcast, one of the many great shows on the Athletic Podcast Network. My name is Nick Kosmider, and I'm joined by my colleague, Kendra Andrews. We make up the Denver Nuggets coverage team uh, at the Athletic. And Kendra, it's, it's great to be with you. We, we, haven't, we haven't talked in a little bit, um, you know, and I was, I was really looking forward to, uh, to having this chat with you, um, you know, and, and then we've had one of the most challenging, challenging weeks and, and certainly I think the most challenging um year at least of my lifetime yes. so since you're 10 years younger than me i'm just going to go ahead and say it's your your lifetime as well um good deduction you know and obviously this is all stemmed from uh you know the death of george floyd at the hands of minneapolis police who have all now been charged um be it second degree murder for Derek Chauvin is, is the charge now or um, aiding and abetting for for the other three officers that were involved uh, has led to uh, protests across the country. And Kendra, you you shared your thoughts today uh, on a podcast podcast published today, the back to back podcast feed here on the Athletic Network uh, with with James Edwards, our Pistons beat writer and Khalid Salim, our, our NBA national editor. Um, and, and I just thought some again this whole week for me has just been trying to be uh about listening and trying to grab every opportunity to do that um for you as you kind of obviously you mentioned it right off the top to, to start your career with with all this um that, that that's gone on um it's been a whirlwind and i think the way that you've you've compartmentalized all of that um and distilled it uh, it's been pretty incredible given, given how, how you've started, but what did you just kind of take away from being able to have that discussion, um, and, and really just being, being able to have th that format and, and how, I guess, how did it feel for you? Well, first off, thank you. I, you know, it's always good to hear your partner say you did well. So <laughs> thanks for that. But I mean, <laughs> it was, it was good. And it was for good whatever to that hear. Means. <laughs> I'd been talking about it with, you know, friends or family, uh, people who I spend a lot of time with and, you know, I don't get to spend very much time with Carr or with James, um, outside of Slack. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and, and, and James and I kind of talked about it a little bit on that podcast, but you know, I, I'm biracial, my mom's white, my dad's black. So, you know, my experience being black in America is different than people who you know, aren't mixed and both parents are black. And also as a woman, I don't have the same experience as black men do in this country. Um, and so even for me, you know, it, I've learned a lot over this past week and, and this past, you know, six months of 2020. Um, and I mean, I think that 
it's like kind of like what you said just about listening. I mean, I think it's just so important for people to listen. And I, I mean, I think I've been saying this before, even this past week and, and the death of George Floyd happened. That so I think so much of the reason why there's so much tension in this country prior to 2020 is because people don't like to listen. Um, and I think that this past week has just highlighted how important it is to educate yourself and have those uncomfortable conversations and, and know that they're uncomfortable for a reason. Like it's, it's systemic racism shouldn't be a comfortable thing and it shouldn't be something that we're like, ah, you know, yeah, it's, you know, let's just talk about it. Let's, it, it, it should push yourself and take you out of your comfort zone. And so I just hope that even, you know, even though the officers who were involved in George Floyd's death have been charged, that this conversation doesn't stop and, and that it keeps going and it keeps going after the election and in, in November. And I just hope that it keeps going until, until something comes of it. I think I think you hit the nail on the head that that, that is the part of it that is, um, you know, so, so important here is is just this ability to listen and, and to just kind of like turn the mirror on yourself and mm-hmm. ask like those tough conversations start start with yourself. I think it's brought to the forefront is are you doing enough? Are you doing mm-hmm. something every day to to be an ally? H- have you. Have you educated yourself? And that that's so much of the, of the part of it is like you can't I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with these conversations because they haven't done the work. Right. Um, and, and to me, I, I've said how long as I've started to to read, um, you know, works by, uh, you know, black authors or, or black leaders or just um, you know, really do the research, watch, you know, watch the films. There's been mm-hmm. sort of this like, why did why why does it take why is it taken now? Why is it? Why is it now um, that this this has lit this kind of fire? And, um, you know, there's there's some guilt there. But I also think it's just at this point, this has to be the moment. And and it can't there can't be an excuse for this to not be the moment anymore. Um, And so that that's what I've seen. And I've seen that. Um, from some people who, again, even, even just sitting here talking about it right now, these are, these are tough things to talk about. It's way outside of, uh, of the comfort zone. And, but to me, this in my lifetime, this has been the, the biggest, um, you know, flashpoint of that. And, uh, you know, I just hope it keeps going from there. And, and, um, obviously I think it's been this, the same for, for a lot of people. You, you look at the league itself, um, Michael Malone, obviously he, he woke up the other day, um, after doing a lot of the same thing over the past week of, of reading, of listening, of, 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 trying to, trying to learn even more, um, you know, a guy that's, that's worked and, and been around black men all of his life, um, you know, ha- has been around the game of basketball. Um, but he said, even he, even with all that, even with, with what he knows, was still trying to learn more and, um, you know, just, just had this kind of, you know, anger and frustration that he had to get off of his chest. And, you know, he's, he's, he said silence and inactivity aren't acceptable. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that this, and and this has to be a sustained fight. Even as he said, is like, he, you know, when, when, when we spoke over the phone, it can't just be a radio interview or one town hall. And then we get the season started in Orlando and we just let this all go away. It's going to take sustained change. And it's going to take everybody. This can't be viewed as a burden. I hope we view it as a responsibility, a responsibility to do the real work that change requires. Um, 
and obviously Tim Connolly, the president mm-hmm. of basketball operations has, has, has speaking these same things. He's, he's been down uh, at these protests. He's gone with, with other players. We know that Gary Harris and Monte Morris were there the other day and that there's the nuggets have, have kind of been in the early stages of talking about developing a town hall uh, with, with Michael Hancock, with some of the leaders of the police department that would also include nuggets players. Um, what's just been your thought as you've observed both what, you know, what Michael Malone and Tim Conley have said, what you have seen, um, you know, f- from players, w- what have you viewed um, through that lens of what the Nuggets have, h- how they've kind of handled this? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've loved watching the Nuggets. I was actually, I, I texted Tim Conley the other day after he he was talking about going down there. And I just said, you know, it's like, thank you for going down there and doing things. I mean, you, you do see a lot of uh, coaches and players making statements, but also to, you know, see them do something is, is good to see. And he said, you're welcome, but it's not enough. Like going to a protest, it's, it's a, it's something and it's showing that you're standing up for something, but it's not the only thing I need to do. And that kind of goes back to Nick, what you were talking before about learning and watching and, and, you know, finding other ways to, to support the black community. And also, like you mentioned, I mean, sports, particularly basketball, is largely a community of black men. So if you're making all this money off of these black men putting their hearts and soul into this sport, I mean, you should want to stand up for them. You hear so much about coaches and organizations saying that their players are like their kids. So if your kids are getting hurt or oppressed by something that is happening in this country, you should want to figure out how to fix it. Um, And so like, you know, also you saw Jeremy Grant, he was marching in, I think he was in DC. So it's good to see them taking it to their own communities and also standing up in Denver, which, which has become their their home for however many seasons they've played for the Nuggets. Um, So it's nice to see that kind of from the top of the, we'll call it hierarchy of the organization from Tim Connolly and Michael Malone down to the players, that there seems to just be this this, uh, unity within them. Because, I mean, you see other organizations that don't have that unity and players are calling out their teammates, players are calling out their, their owners, their coaches, whoever it may be. Um, and so it feels good to be covering an organization that seems to have a united front on this type of issue. Yeah. And, and to me, what I what I've been so you know impressed by is that, you know, I, I think sometimes people will say to professional athletes, you know, in my experience covering the NBA, um, obviously, they'll use their social media platforms or their platforms being interviewed to say, um, you know, to speak out about these about these causes and and to um, you know to to I guess with those platforms uh, do their part in the fight against social injustice and racial injustice. Um, but here we have the situation, and, and so the, so but people say that you know that's that's what you're doing. That's all, all you know. Quote all you're doing, which when you have that kind of platform is, is a huge thing to do. But here we are now in a situation where there is no, there is no basketball, there is no sports. Mm -hmm. And you see that these, that these athletes are 
you know, they're making those those efforts. They are there. They are in there. You know, Steph Curry, um, Jalen Brown, Malcolm Brock, mm-hmm. like all over the league. Um, these guys are, sh- are are showing up and, you know, putting again, putting their just like, uh, you know, just like all these people who are out protesting, um, you know, putting their health at risk because we're still in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. um, you know, that has obviously, again, disproportionately affected the black community. And um, so and yet here, you know, here they are. And so that 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 part of it, I think, has been um, has been just just eye-opening to see and and really gets at the heart of of who um who these guys are and, and what this league is made up of and, and just people who have um you know just a lot of character in that regard and obviously there's no i mean there's no clean transition to this and, and i don't think there there should be because we're you know we're about to talk now about the restart of the league which became mm-hmm. became official that we're going to get into um you know i don't i don't view this obviously as, as a it's not a distraction. Now these are these are now parallel paths, um, you know, that we all have to walk. That we are going to get about our, our lives, um, you know, somewhat normally right. as COVID is still is still an issue. But these, I think, are parallel paths that we have to walk because it's it's not going to stop. And and I would expect to see that be the, the case of players even as they as they get back to um, Orlando. Which is is officially going to happen now. Uh, the, the NBA Board of Governors, twenty nine to one, uh, everybody except those pesky Portland Trailblazers, <laughs> um, have voted to approve the return to play format, which means that the regular season of eight games for all twenty two teams will begin in Orlando on July thirty first. Uh, there will be a in in state or in market t- training camp that starts on June thirtieth, um, and then teams will start to head to Orlando on July seventh and, and have a couple weeks there to to ramp up. Uh, for for the regular season obviously there will be uh there the postseason will be normal uh with in that eight teams in each conference will play each other as as is the standard and um you know before that again those eight games that could affect the seeding the nuggets uh, as it starts will be the third seed in the west uh but certainly a lot of fluctuation that could happen um you know in a miracle world they could get all the way to the top seed uh they could fall as far as seven but i think probably most likely will fall somewhere in that two to six range uh, but kendra first thoughts and, and obviously we we've known that this is probably this is going to be happening for a while now but now that's here we know it's coming back what's just kind of your your first thoughts on on the announcement today I mean, it's always nice to kind of get an official stamp because you, you can speculate a lot. And it's nice to kind of, like you said, even though we kind of knew it was coming, a lot of sources have been, you know, telling Shams and other people that, you know, the Board of Governors would approve this. Um, it's nice to kind of have that officialness, can mark it on your calendars. We didn't really have <laughs> concrete dates now, but you have something to kind of look forward to. Um, I think... You know, my first thoughts, well, I was actually just looking before this at that at the the story that Shams wrote uh, yesterday about what the plan would be and is now going to be um, and looking at the the play in for for those final spots. And, you know, if the ninth seed is more than four games back than the eighth seed, then the eighth seed, and that eighth seed is in. If they're less then they play into the play in tournament. And I think it was last week. I think we talked last week, right? When we talked last week or last time about about what was happening when it wasn't clear if there was going to be, you know, just the 16 overall or 8 and 8 in East and West. We were talking about those teams that were kind of right on the cusp of making the playoffs, but we didn't know if there was going to be any regular season play or if they were just going to go straight into the playoffs. 
Um, and I kind of like what they did. I kind of, I like the play in style and, and the parameters that they set for those teams who are right on the cusp of making it or not making it, giving them a chance. Um, and I mean, as it stands, you get the, I think you get the, the Nuggets Houston matchup, which we've been talking about for a while, which would be an interesting matchup. And of course, like you mentioned, Nick, that could change, but as it stands, that would be something very interesting and fun to watch. I think. With basketball returning soon, the debate rages on. Who is the GOAT? One thing we do know for sure is Manscaped is the GOAT for men's grooming. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced while designing your own triangle offense down under. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 water-resistant cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. Play it safe with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. So obviously a lot of the stuff that, that got answered is, is again, about how many games they're going to play. Um, it looks like there's probably going to be some sort of like exhibition scrimmage type games uh before even before that regular season starts so you'll you know just to give players a chance to again get back to it um you know i I think the biggest takeaway and and what i had kind of looked at is if 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 this if the nuggets have gone straight to the playoffs um which i think they they voted for uh I, i think most of the teams that were already in the playoffs wanted that mostly so that some other format that that would hurt their chances of perhaps getting into the playoffs or something like that um wouldn't occur. But I, I think what you're seeing here is that they would have played the Rockets in the first round. And had they had they won that series, would have played the Clippers, most likely have mm-hmm. played the Clippers in the second round. Um, that could still very well be the scenario that it ends up being for the Nuggets. Uh, but but this also opens up the doors to to a potentially easier path, because in my opinion, playing the Rockets in the first round and, and maybe getting by them and then playing the Clippers, that was going to be probably the hardest first and second round path they could have. Um, and now now I think. Again, this and it, it might just be the match. The matchups are what they are. We we haven't seen Denver play Houston mm-hmm. as it is currently comprised with no Clint Capella, with PJ Tucker playing the five and just playing the ultimate, um, you know, mad machine small ball that they're playing <laughs> right now. Uh, and so again, may, maybe maybe they do find a matchup there that works. But I, I think. Um, you know, playing a team like Utah might be a little bit of a better matchup for them, but mm-hmm. we'll see how that all shakes out. And I, I think the biggest thing that you're concerned about if you're a Nuggets fan is what happens if, you know, if, if you start out and you just you just don't have it, you know, right. and, and the Mavericks, for whatever reason, come in and they they just are on fire. And maybe you drop you could, you know, theoretically, and if you're you're they're four games up on the seven seed they're with eight games to go, if they just come in and just don't have it going, they could fall that far. And then you potentially have a matchup with the Clippers in the very first round. That's a worst case scenario. I, I don't see that happening. What, what do you like? How do you kind of see things going for them or, or what do you what do you kind of see as as just the things that when it starts you're going to be interested in um when the playoffs what's just kind of your thoughts on that right well i mean no no one has played a game since mid early like mid early march and you know we've talked a ton about this about oh how are they staying in shape is that advantage disadvantage all that stuff 
I'm interested in seeing kind of like you were just talking about where teams pick up because it has been a really long time. And then you get into individual players. I'm interested in a guy like Gary Harris, who didn't have the best of seasons. And then after the all-star break, he really started to find that efficiency that he was having before two seasons ago. And then it stops. So for a guy like him, is he going to pick up right where he left off or is he going to need to, you know, find that rhythm because it takes time for guys and teams to find a rhythm. So I think even with the scrimmages, even with the, uh, the, the, the eight games before the playoffs start, is that going to give them the chance to get into the rhythm that they were in before? Cause they had, you know, about November to March to get into that rhythm. That's a lot more time than, eight games plus a scrimmage or two. And so I'm interested to see how everything's going to be clicking together because this wasn't your typical off season. This was, you know, extreme circumstances. Um, And so kind of like you were saying about, okay, yeah, the Mavericks could just come in and dominate and the Nuggets could be kind of left in the dust. I'm really interested to see where individual players are going to pick pick up from where they were when the season stopped and how that's going to affect the rhythm, the continuity of the team, uh, and just, and, and just how they're able to play. Yeah, it's a great point. And of course, when, when we're talking about individual players, the guy that most fans I think are going to have the number one questions about and are going to be most interested to see is Nikola Jokic, uh, mm-hmm. who is, was in the midst of, of another all NBA type season. He, he will either be the first team or second team all NBA center, depending on how voters uh, treat Anthony Davis, uh, whether they believe he's a true center or um, a power forward, which is where he played most of his minutes this season. Um, so, but either way, Nikola Jokic will be, will almost certainly be on another all NBA team. He had that kind of season despite the slow start. Um, but was, was, I, I think, you know, was hitting a little bit of a lull like the rest of the team was during those last 10 games after the all-star break. Um, but for, from every account that I, that I have been able to gather and, and what, I, from what I've heard from people, and obviously the last couple of days, we have heard Michael Malone in, in the radio interview we referenced earlier. And then same thing for Tim Conley, both of them said, listen, this guy looks great. He, he, he's, he's just, he looks the same as he did when, when the season uh, paused as he did, uh, uh, as he does now. And, uh, you know, Tim Conley even says that he has a beach body. He's got abs. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, Michael Malone says that, um, you know, if you see a six foot 11, you know, mean, uh, mean machine fighting Serbian walking around, <laughs> he, he, he believes it because he's, he's seen it. And, uh, so, so that's obviously, Look, that's obviously good news. That's all we have to go on, really. Obviously, we haven't uh, we haven't talked to Nikola Jokic. We have not seen um, any kind of workouts or anything like that. Um, do know that he's been kind of visiting some of Colorado's vast wilderness and uh, hiking up St. Mary's Glacier the other day with Flotko Chanchar, his teammate. Uh, so he's, you know, again, by all accounts, he has been in great shape. And, and obviously that's something that you, you like to hear because it's somebody that listen with, with, with some of these f- foreign players who, you know, Nikola Jokic is a guy that loves being home and, and that's always been important to him. And, but again, understands what I think this team can do. Uh, but they can only do it if, if obviously Nikola Jokic is at his very best. When you look up and down this, 
this Western Conference landscape and you see the teams that the Nuggets are going to have to play, uh, every series is going to be harder than the one they, they faced in the first round last year against the Spurs. And and we know that was a drag out fight as it was. They're going to have to bring everything. That's how that's how tight it is. Like you, you could look at it and say, hey, they could go they could go to the Western Conference finals. They could even, you know, just find find lightning in a bottle and get to the finals. Uh but you can also say they could also lose in the first round. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, so much of that has to do with Jokic. He, that, that's the way that they're comprised. Um, he just has to be at his best. And, and there's again, he deserves the benefit of the doubt. You, you a guy that scored 25 points per game, 13 rebounds, eight and a half assists in his playoff debut last year. Now he has the experience. It will obviously be a wholly different atmosphere and environment and, and just something completely new. But that's going to be uh, the case for, for everybody. Um, w- what other takeaways as we kind of like wrap this up now that we, we've seen the seen the start? What, what other takeaways do you have? I, I, I think one of the interesting parts, uh, obviously, is the is what, what next season will bring. Right. We saw that the draft is going to be three days after the potential latest end of the season uh, which would be October 12th. The draft's going to be on October 15th. Free agency three days after that. Um, I mean, it's just going to be a wild off season. It really will. It's going to be probably the most interesting off season ever. I think I'm, I'm really interested to see how front offices are going to handle handle all of that being so uh, close together because you don't really have time to process what you just got to do it and, and go for it. The other thing that I was thinking about is. Those teams that aren't playing in this, this, the rest of the season at all, uh, those guys, by the time the neck, the 2021 season starts, they will not have played a organized professional game of NBA basketball in nine months, nine right? months or something like yeah. that is insane. You That's like, a long time. that is a long time. So I'm really interested to see. You know, we're talk we talk about every team is kind of on a level playing field heading into this postseason, heading into Orlando. But when you head into next season, I think that the the advantage disadvantage comes way more murky because you have guys who have just played. I mean, if if the season ends in October and then the season starts in December, you have guys who who their last game was about two months, you know, maybe three to four months if you're eliminated earlier on. And then you have guys who haven't played in nine months. So is it going to be an advantage for the guys who have let their legs rest for nine months versus the guys who might be a little bit more worn down? Or is it going to be more an advantage that these guys have just stopped playing? They've been playing a lot and these guys have been kind of twiddling their thumbs. Yeah, I think, yeah, no, absolutely. I think teams like some of these teams that maybe like got left out, but were, you know, are are kind of young up and coming teams like the Suns. Mm -hmm. I'll actually, I'm sorry. The Suns are going to be, they're going to be in it for probably just those eight regular season games. If we're being honest. (laughs) Um, But, but you know, other teams like that, that maybe started to show some promise we're building, you might be able to get yourself into the playoffs just by sheer, you're right. Like fresh legs come December, because if you're a team that makes it, deep into the playoffs like say you go the finals and you you know whether you win or lose you're done in like early to mid-october and if if the the nba you know shams sharani reported that they're looking at a potential december 1st start date for the 2021 season you're talking 
taken training camps or anything like that. Right, right. So you, you have the draft on the 15th of October. You'd have free agency on the 18th. Then you would have to get into a training camp in early or mid-November. Right. And, you know, so it's just it, it's wild. But the NBA, I think, wants to hope, you know, potentially have t- next season. We don't know yet. Are they going to have next season also be a condensed season? So where you can get back to your normal schedule and end, end the finals in July, which might be what they want to do. Because remember, the Olympics got postponed. Mm-hmm. They're now going to be in uh, late July or early <laughs> August of, of 2021, right? So if you want NBA players to be involved in that, oh which gosh. I mean, it is just going to be a frantic kind of just, um, you know, smashed, smushed, cramped mm-hmm. schedule that is just going to be it's going to be fascinating to see how, how that is responded. You know, are there going to be fans in the stands by the time next season starts? These are all these are all questions that we don't know. What we do know is the NBA is coming back. The Nuggets are coming back. They have clinched officially their their <laughs> second straight playoff appearance. Now we just wait to see um, who they will play, and, and, and we'll have to go from there. Most of our listeners are in and around the city of Denver. What better way to promote your business than through our show? Our listeners are loyal and engaged just like you. What better way to advertise your business than on your favorite podcast? To advertise on this very show, just go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads. There, you can fill out a very simple form. We'll get back to you right away. So go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads today. Kendra, any uh, any final words of wisdom as we as we depart today? <laughs> not not really. Just, you know, <laughs> basketball's back. So that's one good thing that's that, that's happening. So we can be thankful <laughs> for that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we certainly, once again, appreciate you guys supporting us, uh, listening. Um, stay safe. Take care of one another. And until next time, thanks for stopping by. Bye.